Uh, sometimes I wonder about our insights, Jack. Sometimes I wonder if we're just a little too jaded for the modern day uh, world. I know. Well, it's hard for me, Spike, to be right all the time. It's really a curse it and a is. burden. I, I don't know how you carry the weight, as the Beatles used to say. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, they were I a can't band. imagine. That's an old guy reference for you, the Beatles. No, I, it was the band. It was the little <laughs> Levon Helm. No, I'm <sighs> hip. I'm hip to the lingo that you boomers are using when you're talking about bands. We could talk about a little <laughs> Jeffrey Lynn if you want to. We could talk a little bit about uh, Roy Orbison. You want to go down that rabbit hole? We could go down that rabbit hole, Spike, if you want to. Uh, I, I, you know what? I could talk music 24-7 with you. <laughs> I really could, man. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'd prefer talking music to talking about the... I hate to say use the word the coming storm yeah, that, that is due yeah, this yeah. afternoon. We're talking, of course, right. about the the video being uh, being released this afternoon by the Memphis Police Department. Yeah, and, and this one is it's it's a heartbreaking story. It's one of an avalanche of heartbreaking stories when it's involving uh, law enforcement and the African American community. And before anybody paints me as being anti LEO, um, mm-hmm. this is the a the smallest percentage. The smallest fraction of the law enforcement community that has an issue with aggression and excessive force. Yeah. The problem is even there are so much we rely so much on the law enforcement community to have a civilization. I mean, we're a nation of laws and it starts with the folks who put on a, a uniform and a badge every day and step between us and, and danger and, and intended harm. And, and when we see examples like the five officers from Memphis who at a traffic stop, you know, assaulted a citizen resulting in the man's death. And now the the video is about to be released of this, this attack. There's no other way to frame this it was an attack, right. it was yeah, an attack yeah. by five excessively excessive law enforcement officers against a citizen. Yeah. And I will say this as well, though, Spike, um, that I think that if I was, I don't know, if I was the DA in Memphis, one, why are you releasing it on a Friday? Why? I mean, we just have to think about this logistically as adults. Why are you releasing a video which will make people very upset? Body cam footage of a human being 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 beaten to death. That will make anybody angry. So you're going to do it on a Friday. At at what when are they releasing this video? 4, 4 I think p.m. Pacific, seven okay. Eastern. And so Jason Rance over at KTTH, my very good friend, uh, he has a, a Twitter thread talking about and listing off all of the various people who are claiming where they're going to meet, what time they're going to meet. Uh, it's Antifa. It's uh, uh, BLM. And so I can think of no greater recipe for disaster than releasing a video on a Friday. And then you have a bunch of people who are going to be angry and enraged about that video who then go out and attempt to excise their anger on their community. It is just like it, it, it will never cease to be uh, endlessly frustrating to me that they choose to do this. Now, I think the body cam footage should be released. But when you there's this, the time that you should do that and a circumstance in which you should do that. And this is not that circumstance. This is the worst way, I think, to do it. So uh, uh, it's an interesting perspective on this. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion there will be uh, property destruction and violence? I believe so. At, at le- and in Memphis, 
likely in in seattle maybe i don't it depends on how bad the video is spike to put well, it that way i mean if people really get charged up over that video absolutely 100 so, so, I think so. And, I, and i i don't think you're wrong but at that i i hope you're wrong let me say that much i i hope and pray that there yeah. is a there yeah. is a massive massive peaceful protest peaceful yeah. protest in numerous cities or, I agree. You know, a silent protest. Fill the streets with silent citizens who are just, you know, showing that they are tired of this <laughs> this ridiculous pattern. And again, this is the smallest fraction of the smallest percentage of our law enforcement community that have these issues with, with anger management, with excessive self-empowerment to be judged during execution or in far too yeah. many cases, right? I agree. But you know, if, if you think that it's inevitable that there will be property destruction and violence— Right. Why release the video at all at any time? There's not a good time to release that ever. Well, no, the the, the video, I think, should be released in this is just my opinion as someone who believes in transparency. I think the video should always be released within 48 hours, if not 24 hours. The, for example, the Pelosi video that took what now three or four months to be well, released well, is well, finally out. Well, you know what? We can transition to that because I want to talk about that, too. But um, if the Pelosi video, I don't know why that has to be made public. I, I have I see well, no value whatsoever unless you're going to tell sure. Tucker Carlson to shut the hell up. It wasn't a love triangle, <laughs> and that ridiculous well, the, the, that ridiculous narrative, you know, based yeah. on political political division. I mean, that's an insulting insulting to humanity narrative based on political division. That's that's right, a subhuman the, point of view. The reason that we the reason that we release the footage, Spike, is because we don't have secret police. We don't have the KGB. We don't have police. This is the same reason why the the footage of Ashley Babbitt being killed at the Capitol was released. Okay, we don't want to have secret police. We don't want to have the the haves and have nots when it comes to certain kind of information. And so these videos get released to the public as they should be. The problem is though is that we have a society that doesn't know how to deal with it. Emotions, right? Okay. If you have a society that's, that's that doesn't fair. know how to process their emotions around difficult issues. And so people think, radicals think, that the way that you process your emotions or the way that you showcase your emotions to the world is you throw bricks and you light things on fire and you assault the police and that kind of thing. And, let, and let, let unfortunately... Me, let me, uh, go go oh, ahead. Sure. Finish your thought, please. I, I was just going to say, unfortunately, what happens is that rather than talking about the case of uh, um, Tyree, rather than, than talking about the, the details of the case and, and talking about it as adults, we then end up talking about a, a temper tantrum that gets thrown about every two years, maybe two and a half years, where people are incredibly violent and they are uh, incredibly dismissive of the welfare of other human beings who are not in any way, shape, or, or form involved in that incident. And then we focus on protests as opposed to actually focusing on the issue at hand, which is how do we better educate police on their uh, behavior? How do we better train police? What kind of procedures can they use? That should be the discussion at hand, not how many Dunkin' Donuts were burned down or how many no, people I agree. were it, it totally, pulled from their cars, yeah. that kind of thing. It hijacks the narrative. Absolutely. It's, right. it's self-destructive right. and not just right. not literally, but figuratively as well. It is self-destructive to the well-being of the community. So I, I saw a piece of tape one time. And this one has, has has held up over time because it rings true every time I give this story. I'm watching footage of my hometown of Baltimore burning after uh, the police uh, arrested a man named Freddie Gray. You're probably familiar with the name. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he was manhandled and roughed up so much on the way to the police station that he 
died from his injuries sustained in the back of a paddy wagon, we used to call them, you know, a, a, a criminal moving type vehicle. I'm not sure what they refer to them these days. And there was there were riots in the streets. They were burning cars. They were destroying property. And, and a gentleman from one of the one of the news affiliates, I won't say the name, it rhymes with locks, said to this young, well-spoken African-American woman, this young lady, what, what is the benefit of burning down your own communities? And they're, you know, trying to catch her in the how stupid are you to do this moment. And I'm, I'm projecting at that point. He just asked her, why, why the destruction? Why the violence? This woman said, you know, for three days after Freddie passed away, we had peaceful protests in the city of Baltimore in the streets. Mm. Thousands, mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. And nobody yeah. came with a camera. The minute we let a cop car on fire, every network in the world is here. How are we supposed to get your attention to this problem? And and it rings true. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm I'm not. Well, she was right. Nobody came to care about that. And I think we've evolved. I think we've evolved beyond that. I'm not saying that's still the, that's still the case. That's not still the situation. It has become a nationally known situation now that this community has been dealing with somewhat exclusively. There hasn't been a rash of police violence, excessive police violence against the white community. And I hate to play the race car, and, and and the five officers involved in the in the death of this young man were all African American. So it's a police problem. It's not a white. It's not a race problem. In in this particular incident, right? It's not. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Spike, I would I would submit to you that white people of all ethnic backgrounds, how about that, are subject to police brutality in horrific ways, right? Like but, but Daniel not, Schaefer, but I not think an is a great equal, example. But not an equal proportion. I, I don't know if the DOJ statistics pan that out. You know, I, I know that there are dip, pr- disproportionate rates of being pulled over driving while black. Sure. But actually being a victim of police violence or police shooting. I mean, white people get shot by the police a pretty significant amount. I, I, I would so. we'll, we'll look into the numbers, but I would put a lot of money in the re, in the deed to my home that it's disproportionately re- affecting the African-American community. And I'm, it's, uh, maybe it's maybe it's just the narrative my media in, it take the media I ingest has given me. Maybe okay. that's the narrative. I, and I don't know. Maybe that's the narrative I've been fed. I'm open minded enough sure. to know that and admit that. Well, the, the the core of it, though, is still the most important thing, though, Spike, which is that no one likes police violence. And no, I think that no. is the issue at hand. Right. Agreed. So, so Agreed. I think about it like this, Spike, like there's a video on YouTube. Anybody can go and find it. And it's a, a guy in the U.K. Guy's got a knife and he's clearly very mentally ill and the UK police show up and they uh, they give the guy a lot of space and he's you know, yelling and screaming and he's you know going to saying he's going to kill people with this knife and all this other stuff. And the UK police like a bunch of Spartan warriors to get out a bunch of shields, huge, huge, you know, body size yeah, yeah. pieces of plastic. Absolutely. And they they circle the guy like he's uh, like a naughty child. Right. Right. <laughs> they, they circle him. And then they start like a phalanx. They start walking towards him. Now, there's no, yeah. way, there's no way that this guy can stab them. There's absolutely no way because the, the plastic is so large. It's the size of a human body. Right. And so they enclose the guy and they basically give him a police hug. Nice. <laughs> makes sense. And they, they, enca- they enclose him in this little space where he can no longer move. And eventually, after a couple of minutes, he drops the knife. Now, this process takes about 40 some odd minutes. And thankfully, the guy then gets arrested and the police take him away and everybody's happy as a result of that. In the United States, the idea is the exact opposite. How fast can we deal with this scenario? 
what's the quickest and most effective way to deal with a violent individual, and that is a firearm, or that is through brute physical force. This is obviously the wrong way to do it, in my humble opinion. I'm of the opinion, Spike, that police should have two guns on them. One is in the one is in the Han Solo position, and the other one is in the John Wayne position. Do you know what I'm talking about? One on the leg, one on the hip. Okay. One on the one on the leg has got uh, uh blanks, not blanks. It's got rubber bullets in it. Right, dummies. And then the, yeah. one, the dummies, and then the one on the hip has got the uh, lethal uh, force. The real yeah. lethal force. And I would like to see more officers defaulting to lighting somebody up with uh, paintballs or, or rubber, rubber bullets rather than actual, you know, nine millimeter rounds that just destroy a human being in seconds. It, call me. And I am not trying to do this thing where we defund the police in any way, shape or form. I want to give them more tools so that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And also, Spike, I'll say this. I don't want to see a man uh, get beaten to death. I don't want to see it. I don't think anybody wants to see it. Right. And I think that there's a better way for police to interact with uh, 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 other human beings if they were trained better. How is it that we have guys who go roll and they do judo on a regular basis? They're not, you know, they, they could if they wanted to, they could break arms and, and pop necks, but they don't do that because they're highly trained. Why don't we offer that to police officers instead of beating somebody to death with batons or whatever it is. Or, or they spend more time at the gun range than they do learning how to physically, without use of a, of a weapon, you know, d- disarm somebody or, you know, immobilize somebody. Right. I, I think right. you're right. But let me let me say this, though, about the, the community's reaction, which is what the story we're bracing for today. The, so the 4 p.m. Pacific release of this video, this horrific video of a man being beaten to death, literally. I, I think the community, of the African-American community, the Antifa, the BLM, the buzz letters that, uh, you know, get one side all worked up, expecting trouble, expecting nothing less than trouble and destruction, right? I think that I think more so than the frequency with which African-American men lose their lives to excessive mm-hmm. police force, I think couple that with the amount of time that officers involved in these incidences aren't held accountable. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has yeah. got to be fuel for the fire as much as the, as the, as the logs on the fire. And in this case, the DA was proactive. All five of these officers have already been charged, right? So maybe the community won't need to feel like no one has their back this time. I don't know that you really need to release this video to the public. I think letting, <laughs> let, I think letting the family know, letting the authorities know, letting whomever, letting your local officials, letting a trusted member of the clergy, whatever trusted member community of that community needs to see it to reassure that community, yes, it was horrific. Yes, they're okay. being charged accordingly. You know, but, I almost think yeah. they want the trouble of releasing this video and the reaction it brings. But do you, do you think the Ashley Babbitt footage should have been released or no? It's a similar circumstance. She's committing a crime. She I, gets I, shot. I do. I do. And, I, I can, and to that incident, every time a cop has told me stop or I'll shoot, I've stopped. And I've never been shot. <laughs> How many times does that happen? It doesn't matter life? whether it happened or not. I'm speaking figuratively. <laughs> Okay, but, but you know, but, wait, 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 wait. For clarification, you think that it's okay to release Ashley Babbitt's footage, but not Tyree's footage? Uh, well, you know, the, uh, yes, because that uh. footage, that footage isn't going to further inflame a community that has shown over time to have these reactions to these incidents. We're talking about these two particular incidents, right? Uh, and the and the Ashley that that was a horrific consequence of horrible decision making and you know 
when <laughs> I don't I don't want to go down the 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 rabbit hole of blame in that situation, but okay. But when when Ashley Babbitt is you know breaking through a window to mm-hmm. to violate the 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 secure space of our elected officials and cl- the first one climbing through the broken window, and right. a, and a law enforcement officer has a gun trained on you saying stop or I'll shoot. What okay. did they think was going to happen? And how do you right, how do you call I, that person a martyr? Right, but I'm I'm more so concerned with this. The reason that we know all of that, Spike, is because that footage was released for public consumption. Agreed. And so, rather than having a DA explain to us what happened to Tyree, okay, or or Paul Pelosi or whatever it is, not we fair as, enough. We, yeah. Right. So we yeah. we now get to have the complete or or even, you know, George Floyd, that footage was taken by a, a bystander. But, right. but nonetheless, the police body cam footage was also released. Uh, there's, so, there are those who say if that footage hadn't been available, those officers would not have been held accountable. Right. Right. So, so that's so my point. You've, is that you've, we, and you've we made is, it well and you've you've actually won me you. over that this video probably should be released. Yes, it probably should. And <laughs> and maybe maybe quitting time on a Friday is not the safest time to release. it. I think you're right about that, too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and I do think, though, that one of the things that would help uh, in the future is if we do release this footage and is, if there are adult conversations around that footage, the reason that people riot is because they feel like they're not being heard and they're not being seen. Right. And or, or, we, or, or those committing these crimes aren't being held accountable. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I would totally agree. There's a greater chance of civil unrest and property destruction and violence if these officers are acquitted of these charges then when the video was released, especially having yes. everyone having seen the video, that's when I'd be concerned for the safety of my community. And rightfully yeah. so. Mm-hmm. And speaking, I know we're almost out of time for this break, but if we can come back to the Nancy Pelosi video or the Paul Pelosi video, if you if you want, excuse me, I just have one thing to say about it. And it's in horrible taste. So just let me get it out of the way and spit it out now. As Are a man, sure you want as, to say that? <laughs> as a man turning 60 today, the fact that an 82 year old guy in his underwear is trending on Twitter makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> No, the, 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 okay. the, this video is horrific. The Paul, it's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad, and I, I don't see the value of this one being put out. I really don't. Spike, do you yes. believe in the doomsday clock? Do you believe in the the this silly thing that we've been doing now for the better part of, I don't know, 60-some-odd years where a group of scientists, quote-unquote scientists, get together and they stand in front of a, a clock and then they move it backwards and forwards every so often to scare and frighten children and impressionable people? <laughs> do you believe in this? <laughs> when you sell it like that, how can I not believe in it? So listen, I've got I've got audio here. Let me Let me... This is uh, from Reuters, so you know okay. it's not spun too hard. But it, it lets it's lets lets the scientists in question here explain exactly what it is, the Doomsday Clock, and how they arrive at the number they they arrive at. So here it is. The Doomsday Clock is a symbolic timepiece showing how close the world is to ending. Midnight marks the theoretical point of annihilation. Every year, scientists move the hands of the clock closer to or further away from midnight based on their reading of existential threats at that time. Cambridge University's expert on existential threat, Paul Ingram, explains. It uh, emerged at the beginning of the Cold War 
to uh, to give a sense of the urgency uh, to achieve nuclear disarmament and to climb out of the abyss that we were facing in the early 1950s. And in more recent times, it has taken on climate change and uh, emerging disruptive technology to give an, a sense of the risks, the catastrophic risks that we face uh, as a planet, uh, largely through our own uh, deliberate uh, activities. Doesn't science always sound more believable when it's explained by someone who could be an extra in a Beatles movie, right? Introduced by a girl with heavy bangs, black eye makeup, and go-go boots. I just want to believe them more. You know, I know. I, I, this so, one, this one has always just thrown me for a loop. What, what a, what a presumptive collection yes. of we know exactly what's on the mind of every whack job in the country in the world who has the has a bomb. Right. I mean, this. It's go ahead. I was just going to say this. I so Spike, you know me. I, I love optimism. I love being a positive and upbeat individual. It is what I strive for in life. But nothing drags me into negativity more than scientists and their arbitrary nonsense. I I am a person who believes that people, you know, we commit to climate change. I, I've seen the data on that. I think that human beings, uh, you know, we contribute to climate change, right? Yeah. I think that human beings have a lot of issues when it comes to war and fighting each other and wanting to blow each other up. I think that all of that is true. However, comma, the idea that a group of scientists would get together in this very performative or very almost religious ceremony where they come out and they reveal the clock and they go, it's 90 seconds before midnight. What? Okay, put it, but does it make any difference if it's a minute away or five seconds away or just put it at midnight? Is the world going to blow up if you put it at midnight, scientists? No. <laughs> it's like, the, it's a silly piece of cardboard and they worship it every single year. And it does nothing but scare children and scare impressionable people. And then I have to go on Twitter or I have to go on Facebook and somebody that I know that I might respect loses respect for me because they post this story and they go, we're 90 seconds away from death. And I go, I can't I can't respect that person anymore because it's basically like if if P, I don't know, PBS or Sesame Street or whatever had a doomsday clock. This 90, is for children. 90 seconds to midnight. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That would be as believable to me. The count doing it would be just about as believable to me. Right. You know, we're one bad Kim silly. Jong-un haircut away from midnight. I mean, that, <laughs> if you really want to talk about how close we're to blowing the whole thing up, we're one right. Putin, you know, Russian hooker not getting a happy ending for Putin away from midnight. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, no. was the clock adjusted when tanks were allowed to be shipped to Ukraine? When Germany and the U.S. made a diplomatic agreement so that the uh, German-made tanks could be supplied to the Ukrainian ground forces to push back on Putin's invasion of their country? Did that move the clock? Because it should have. No, no. I mean, they do a, it. It's arbitrary. Right, they do right. it every so many every so many months. They decide. They get their collective PhDs together and they decide that it should be closer or farther away. It's completely arbitrary. Well, there should there should be a scale. Buy into it. There should be a scale. Okay, right. if if the planet right. if the planet's median temperature ticks up one point five degrees, that's three more seconds. Okay, Great. if if, if the Ukrainians get tanks, that's two more seconds, and just keep ticking it up, so we know exactly what what we're doing and how its impact is and what what effect it has on the ability for us to end it all. You know, for for all of us. You're right, right. But, well, but, the, but the performative part of it, I'm with you. It is just, it's so meaningless. 
And if there's a doomsday clock, why isn't there a utopia clock as well? Because if there is a quote-unquote doomsday, you would imagine that the inverse is true as well, scientists, if we're thinking about the the, the field of distribution. <laughs> we covered Utah speaking. in solar panels. Let's push the clock back to 8.30. <laughs> it's now three and a half hours, you know, four and a half hours right. to midnight. Yeah. Right. This is this is how I know it's scientific garbage because there is not the opposite end of the spectrum. They don't provide it to us. Is what is is twelve o'clock on the opposite side of the clock? Is that where everybody gets puppies and a million dollars every week? <laughs> that's, what, that's where, Ninety <laughs> seconds to noon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's cotton candy clouds and rainbow farts for everybody. It's it's twenty minutes right. to noon. And this is what irritates me about it is that now the BBC talks about it. Reuters talks about it. It's on CNN. It's on CBS. And so little kids wake up in the morning and they're eating their little cereal puffs and they're looking (laughs) at their mom with a worried expression. They go, Mommy, what's wrong? And she goes, nothing, David. Nothing is wrong. (laughs) As a tear rolls down her cheek. (laughs) And then the kid looks up at the flat screen TV in his wonderfully heated home surrounded by nothing other than short of heaven on earth for 99% of human beings. And he goes, the doomsday clock is 90 seconds away. What will we do? And this, it ruins people and it makes people stupid. And I can't stand for it, Spike. I just can't stand for it, my friend. But it it does, to to be fair, it does give them a mechanism to say, hey, we're screwing up and it could be fatal for all of us. Right? If nothing else, it, it allows for that reality to be put out there on an annual basis. Right, but I recycle, Spike. I my my can, my, <laughs> take my contributions take it back. <laughs> yeah. I recycle. You've got zero I, carbon uh, footprint. You walk to work. You do hot yoga. You recycle. We're all going to be fine. Exactly. Exactly. I walk. I walk everywhere. I walk to my yoga class. I don't even own a vehicle. Take three seconds off the clock. Spike O'Neill's got a house that's too big for him and his wife, so he has to text that's, her. That's that's twenty <laughs> seconds more toward the doom. I'm tipping us back. We are we are pushing it back and forth across the like a tug of war with humanity. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, so, it's true. I mean, uh, it, look, like, look at someone like, uh, I don't know, Andrew, not to throw you under the bus, but your carbon footprint has got to be minimal, right? You don't you're, you don't drive like a, a Hummer or anything like you don't you're not driving a, a Van Halen bus to work every day, right? Well, maybe <laughs> I drive a Tacoma, a 20 a, a year old Tacoma to work and oh, I ride God. my motorcycle that's been desmogged. Uh, so oh, his that. carbon footprint's a Doc Martin. Yeah, With big thick soles, <laughs> stomping daisies, all the live long okay. day. Probably not the best person to ask. Then I was thinking, I was Andrew. I was thinking you were like me, where your carbon footprint is basically. I walk to Whole Foods. I walk everywhere, and no, and I'm I not like that I think at all. That, okay, yeah. Do you See, walk to Whole Foods to buy Pringles cans and just throw the cans on the side of the road just to even it out? I even ride my motorcycle to Whole Foods. Nice, and as well. nice. And by the way, we mentioned, are we all going to die from an asteroid collision? Spoiler alert, we're not. The largest asteroid to close in on the planet in literally 20,000 years is going to be 2,200 miles above the Earth, which isn't that much. It's the closest, it's, it's 10 times closer than anybody's been to this planet in a long, 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 long time. But it'll zoom across the southern tip of South America during John Curley's show. How's that for an act of fate and doom, huh? Radio. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Jack Stein, filling in today for Brandy Cruz. 
I think she's testifying before a Senate subcommittee. I'm not sure why she's. But uh, Jack and I'll be here for the balance of the week. Um, Brandy will give him the straight skinny. She'll tell the truth. She'll put her hand on the Bible and tell him the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I can count on that. I trust her integrity. It's about those classified documents you know, everybody's talking about. Isn't this the story of our of our year so far? <laughs> I mean, you know, we all kind of got fatigued with the Mar- raid of Mar-a-Lago, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the Gestapo showed up, and you know, blah blah blah, blah. all the all the all the spin from from this story from both sides. You know, it was uh, on one side it was the heart, the worst thing ever committed by any former politician. On the other side, it was a return to you know, Kristallnacht. Um, but then Joe Biden shows up with his, yeah. his, a folder full of, uh, you know, in between your granddaughter's macaroni um, picture that she made you and the blueprints for your new garage for your Corvette. We found some classified docs <laughs> and all of a sudden Joe Biden couldn't be trusted with anything. And, you know, we want we wanted a level playing field. We want equal justice under the law. We want a special prosecutor for Joe Biden. And we got it. You know, that's cool. I love that Merrick Garland said, okay, you're right. All of these situations should be looked at with the same lens, with the same scrutiny. And then Mike Pence shows up, you know, and says, oh, we found it. This was like, what, two weeks after? I got nothing in my house. I asked mother, and we have nothing at home that I shouldn't be looking at. No Playboys, no classified docs. (laughs) I don't even have Cinemax anymore. Mother won't let me have that anymore. Uh, and, And now it's like every politician everywhere is going to have something in their personal papers. Can you just imagine the volume of paper that goes across one of these guys' desks in a day, a week, right. a month, a year? It's ridiculous. Well, and that's what, that's what I said, is that I'm sure if we go into Jimmy Carter's garage, we will find documents that are classified. I'm positive. If you, you know, Ron's allowed uh, allow to use stacks of paper to help insulation and make the house warm and <laughs> cut down on our energy bills. Very efficient, very efficient way to heat a home in Georgia in the winter. I think that if you were to go to, I don't know, who's not been in office, if you went to Newt Gingrich's house and you were to say, hey, Newt, do you mind if we rifle around some boxes in your attic? I'm almost positive I can find some classified documents. Everybody. I think the issue is that, right, and so I have the same criticism of this that I had with Donald Trump or any other instance. There is a, a, a process to try to get those documents back. There is a legal process to try to get those documents back. And then sometimes they don't even realize that they don't have the documents. Right. So I, I think of the entirety of the whole classified documents thing to be such a, a non-issue that it's almost offensive, I think, to the American people that front page news today is a classified documents found in Mike Pence's garage or wherever it is. Well, let's talk to Al Franken. I don't know who who else we yeah. possibly talk to. Al Franken uh, has a picture of him <laughs> pretending to grope classified documents. You know, you're, I mean, everybody's got paperwork that they lost track of, right. shouldn't have. You're right. And every and everything is classified. I'm sure Mike Pence, everything, was, right. Mike Pence was given like the lunch menu at a at a state dinner and it was classified because it was a secret. They made this special job. You know, that's well, the kind of stuff. I'll Mike give you an Pence. example. Um, so there's a really famous picture of Liz Cheney and she's holding the president's itinerary on uh, Air Force One. It's a beautiful photo of her and she's sitting in the POTUS chair. And she's got her, you know, her glasses on and she's reading the president's itinerary. That is classified information. That is technically a felony for her to have that in her possession. Right. It was all over time and it was all over, yeah. uh, you know, the New York Times. Look at, look at, uh, what's her name? Uh, not Liz Cheney. Uh, 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 Jill Biden. Jill Biden has this picture. Look at how great this is that Jill Biden has this uh, opportunity as the first lady. That's technically a felony. So we have such a... Um, 
I don't know, a, a disparate way that we apply the rules here when it comes to classified documents that at this point, I don't take any of it seriously. I don't take a, a single moment of it seriously when they say Mike Pence has it. Uh, I don't know. John Boehner has it. Paul Ryan. Sure, I, every, I don't, every, oh, you're right. Oh, everybody. It does make a difference to me. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'll tell you what we have to focus on. It's, you called it. It's how the documents were handled, how the possession was handled right. after the fact. I mean, you know, you say what you want about Biden. He doesn't know what's in his, his the Corvette glove box. He doesn't know what's in the garage. <laughs> but he had his guys call the right people, just like Pence did, call the right people. You know, right. um, you know, what's Biden got? I'll say where all the landmines are off the coast of Delaware in case the Nazis show up. You know, Joe Biden's class. Really? They don't trust Joe Biden with the keys to the White House, let alone important, dangerous information. I, I, I just I hope we move past this quickly and it's not page one every single day. Right. Uh, coming up, it's Cairo Middays, by the way. We, we are so glad you guys are here. Coming up, the, the issue we have to talk about guns. And gun violence, and the latest just seems like avalanche of gun violence in not just our state, but coast to coast global. We are back after these.